And the title for today is, it's going to bring you back to holiness. Some young people in this room don't really know the real depth of what holiness is because what the church has been representing, what the religious community has been representing in this generation lacks holiness. And I'm not talking about legalism. I'm, I'm legalism. I'm talking about. I'm not talking about going back to some archaic ways of of, of mistreatment. I'm talking about holiness. Somebody say holiness. And holiness is not a denomination. Holiness is not a church affiliation. Holiness is the lifestyle. And the way that Christians live. To the generations that have come under us and we have failed to really teach you the depth of holiness, I apologize. Because it's left you to hear teachings of sloppy grace that makes you believe that you can do anything and still be in good standings with God. Without holiness, you cannot be righteous. There is no righteousness without holiness. Because if you try to live right without holiness, everything you do will be corrupt. Because our righteousness is as filthy rags. Our interpretation of what is right is as filthy rags. Let me explain to you what that means without grossing some of you out. When it says it's like filthy rags, it means like it's a used menstrual cloth. When the Bible says our righteousness to God is as filthy rags, it's as used menstrual cloth. I'll stop there. We can't please God on our own. We can't do it our way to meet his standards. His ways are past finding out. His ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. I don't hear anybody. So this message is literally to bring us back to holiness. Amen. And we got to get there quickly. We got we to get there quickly because literally, literally, we are in bad situation. Literally, we are in a bad situation. If you look at religion today, I'm just all over the place. If you look at religion today, it is a real leap and an unreasonable facsimile, unreasonable facsimile of what it's supposed to be. In the days gone by, we preached things that were maybe not so much germane to holiness and kind of lost a, a, a large congregation and large audience because we majored on minors and minored on majors. We majored on small minor things like clothing. We majored on small minor things like how you wore your hair, how long your dress was. We majored on small minor things like whether you should wear short sleeve shirts or open toe shoes. We majored on minors that made people say, I don't think I want this. That was a major. Whether a woman could preach or not, whether you all that kind of stuff. We messed things up. Swallow, you know, you know. We, we mess things up. 
and it caused people to say, I'm going to back off from this. It caused people in the church, kids in the church say, when I get old enough, I'm gone. Because everything you did was sin. Everything, everything you did was sin. If you went bowling, it was a sin. I'm, there are some old people in this room. Older, older people in this room. Everything you did was a sin. If you played Monopoly, you couldn't play because it had dice. Everything you did was a sin. You had to get an excuse from Jim because you couldn't wear shorts. You couldn't go to the movies. Don't, don't y'all sit there and leave me out here by myself. I'm trying to tell you. You couldn't even listen to some gospel because it had a certain beat to it. Amen. Elder Davis told us that we couldn't play with marbles because the Bible said marvel not. Listen. And we made such a big deal out of small things and we did not make the big things really major. We didn't really talk about how to study the Bible and how to live this thing based on biblical principle, not from me spouting out from the pulpit, but from studying it and understanding it by routine. We had the preacher interpret to us what we would not read. Amen. And because it was not a major thing for us to really be astute at the Bible, we lost something along the way. Amen. We lost something along the way. And it became more about presentation than education. Oh, Lord God, help me. And throughout that time, we didn't realize that we were losing generations. We didn't realize that we were losing generations. And when, when, the, when we became old enough to be preachers and the next generations became old enough to be preachers, we started leaving some things out and not having the balance. Instead of us being the fulcrum in the middle of this seesaw, we went to the opposite end. And said, no, you can do whatever you want to do. And God knows your heart. And you can't judge me. And we had all of this kind of stuff going on. But there was no balance. But we're getting back to the balance today. But we're getting back to the balance today. The Bible says in the book of Hebrews, any good coaching person knows this. In Hebrews, the 12th chapter, the 14th verse, it says simply this. Follow peace. With all men, follow peace with all men, not just church people, follow peace. Well, no, let me take that back. Not just sinners, because most church people have real trouble having peace with one another. Some of our greatest battles are inside the church. <laughs> Some of us respect sinners more than we do the saints. Amen. You know what I'm saying, then just, just keep looking forward. They won't know it's you. <laughs> Follow peace with all men and holiness. 
holiness. Holiness is not just something. It is a state of being. It is a complete state of being. It's a, a complete state of sanctification. Holiness and sanctification are synonymous. It's a complete state of sanctification. Hallelujah. It is where you walk this thing 24-7. 365 days a year. And you don't take a break. And if you happen to break, you come back and repent. And you don't justify your wrong. You exemplify God's righteousness. I don't hear anybody here. It is not a weak walk. It is not a weak and fragile and feeble walk. It is a strong stride. It is a walk of, of, of authority. It is a walk that is totally and absolutely righteous. Hallelujah. It is a walk without apology. You don't apologize for being holy. Uh, you so deep. Thank you so much. Oh my, you don't, don't take all that. I know it takes a little more and I'm about to add on to this. Because we have got to get the image of God back into the church. We have got to get the image of Christ back into the body. We have to put him and allow him, not allow him. We've got to reverence him as the head of the church. The pastor is not the head of the church. The bishop is not the head of the church. Jesus is the head of the church. Only Jesus, only Jesus. He doesn't need our advice. He doesn't need our opinion. He doesn't need our approval. He is the sovereign head of the church. Somebody help me here. He doesn't bow to man. He doesn't give in to man's doctrine. He has set the law. He has set the doctrine. He has made his will known. And that is all that there is. There's nothing else. There's nothing else. He will not share with archbishops and bishops. He will not share his glory with pastors and leaders. He is sovereignly God. Oh, God, help me. He is, I thought I was going to need this. He is sovereignly God. And he is God by himself. You can't change his word. You can't change the principles. You can alter his plan. Y'all don't hear what I'm saying. You can sit back with your theological self if you want to and try to mitigate and try to break down and try to minimize the truth of the Bible, but the Bible stands sure. The Bible stands sure. I will never waste my time again refuting what people are saying online. I will never take the time and exhaust myself trying to go against what other people teach erroneously. But let me tell you this. The Bible doesn't change because popular preachers try to change it. The Bible doesn't change. Principles say the same. Hallelujah. And God does not change because a preacher changes. Holiness. Holiness. The Bible said in the book of Psalms, holiness becomes thy house, O Lord. 
holiness becomes his house. I don't hear enough amens. Holiness is not legalism. Holiness is walking in the sanctified state of obedience to Christ Jesus who we've bowed our knee to. And when you bow your knee to Jesus, that means you are supreme. And what you say is all that matters. And I'm not trying to incorporate anything that you brought me out of into this. I'm not trying to incorporate the language of my past into this. I'm not trying to incorporate the vices of my past into this. I'm not trying to bring about the way I used to live and try to hybrid it into this relationship. No, I have bowed my knee to the sovereignty of Jesus Christ and him alone. And whatever I've got to deny, I will deny so that he can be Lord of all. And I'm not giving him permission to be Lord. He's Lord whether I live it or not. Are y'all with me in this room? We have got to get back to holiness. We have got to get back to righteousness. We've got, we've got to get back to letting ourselves die in the flesh. Carnally die. So that he can live in us. Christ in you the hope of glory hallelujah Paul wrote to the Corinthian church in Corinthians 2 Corinthians 6 2 Corinthians 7 and 1 he simply said this having therefore these promises dearly beloved Having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness. From all filthiness of the flesh and the spirit. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And let us perfect holiness. True holiness. Somebody say true holiness. Now let me explain to you why this is important. Because no matter how we have depicted the world to be, the world is hungry for the living bread. I was out on yesterday on the corner of 125th and Frederick, Frederick, Frederick Douglass Boulevard at the federal building in an evangelistic con 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 uh, 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 convening with Bishop Carlton Brown and, and people were coming by and they were, it was 100 degrees outside, people were standing under trees and he asked me to lead them to Christ and all I had to do was tell him about his love and tell him about how he wants them to be free from their vices and believe me, the world doesn't like what they're in and I told them yesterday what started as an, ex as an experiment, what started as an experiment became an addiction. What started as a pleasure, pleasure principle became an addiction. What started as someone, as you tried to please your friends, now has you wrapped up. And I said, most of you don't even like the sin you're doing anymore. It's just habitual now. 
I don't hear anybody. It's just habitual. The language, the lifestyle, it's habitual. And it leaves you empty. And the world is hungry for something more. The world is, the world is longing to come out of the taverns and the bars. But there's been nothing that they could grab a hold to. So the liquor bottle becomes their only escape. Now marijuana is legal and you can't walk the streets or drive the car without the smell of marijuana. It's not simply because of the pleasure principle because what starts as a pleasure principle becomes an addiction. Just like smoking, just like sex, and people get involved in these cycles not realizing how damning it is and then when they look back at their life they're sitting back and saying I am a slave to my desires and if we're not walking holy can, can we go to 1 Peter 2 and 20 if we're not walking holy it affects them. First Peter, Peter says to the churches in Asia who have been converted to Christianity, he, talks to, he sends a letter to the churches in Asia trying to break them out of their cycle of sin coming into salvation and holiness. He says, having your conversation, that word conversation means lifestyle. It doesn't mean your verbiage, it means how you live. Having your conversation honest among the Gentiles, those who are not born again, that, with, that, that whereas they speak against you as evildoers, they may, by your good works, which they shall behold in you, glorify God in the day of visitation. Go back, let me read it again. Go back, let me read this again. Having your lifestyle, the way you live, make sure that it's honest when you're walking among the sinners. Hallelujah. Because you have not been doing it honestly and you've been living like them in many ways. They speak, they speak against you as evildoers. The unbeliever is expecting you to be who you say you are. see you doing otherwise they see you as fake and as an evil doer and somebody who cannot be trusted trying to push Jesus on them while you living just like them listen to what I'm saying to you you trying to push Jesus on somebody when you doing damnable things They're supposed to see your good works and glorify God. They're supposed to see us living righteously through true holiness and glorify God because we're not acting like them. Because we're not cursing like them. Let me make this plain. Bitter and sweet waters can't come out of the same fountain. We're getting back to holiness, y'all. With the same mouth that you bless God with, you curse with. He said it ought not be so. 
Amen. Amen. Christians do not use vulgarities. Hear me. Oh, it slipped. I didn't mean it. It slipped. No, out of the abundance of your heart. If it wasn't in your heart, it wouldn't come out your mouth. I don't hear nobody here. No, I'm saved. I just, there ain't nothing wrong with what I say. That's just language. It's bad language. It's wicked speech. I don't hear anybody. It's coarse language. And it is against God. It, make it plain. Let's make this thing plain. So when you get around your friends and the people using bad language, you back up. Why are you backing up? Because I can't be in this circle. Because that's not my lifestyle. I want you to respect my God. And so I got to present him at all times. And if you disrespect God. And I'm looking, I'm looking throughout the whole of social media. How there is an outright blatant disrespect for holiness. Not amongst the sinners. Amongst the church people. The church people are disrespecting God. The church people are dressing in drag. The church people are cussing. The church people are acting unseemly. I don't hear anybody here. And the church people are supporting the church people doing so. There has got to be a difference between the clean and the unclean. Yep, I'm getting in trouble, but there's got to be a difference between the clean and the unclean. You cuss and carry on, and the church people say you being real. Well, yeah, I take a drink every now and then, but you know, I'm just, yeah, he just being real, she just being real. And we have condoned something that has dumbed down the true relationship with God that the worldly people, the people that are groping in darkness want to see the difference and the change. What is the first thing that people that are not born again say when they see sanctified people doing wrong? Thought you're supposed to be so saved. Why? Because they know what it's supposed to be. Even if they're not living it, they know how it's supposed to be lived. And they hold us accountable when they see us doing what they do. Vloggers and, 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 and influencers all talking and exposing things from the church. This is the calling of God on my life. He called me to expose it. That's a devil lie. The Bible said love covers. The Bible said love covers a multitude of sin. I don't hear anybody. Instead of exposing, why don't you restore? Holiness job is not to expose but to restore hallelujah hallelujah amen to, to cover and restore what happened with Noah when Noah was laying drunk naked 
And his son Ham looked at his naked body and, 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 and left him exposed. Only Ham leaves you exposed. Only Ham looks at your nakedness and exposes it to others. And there's a curse on Ham. Are y'all hearing me? And Shem and Japheth, when Ham exposed it to Shem and Japheth, they wouldn't look at his nakedness. Instead, they got a, a sheet. And while Noah laid this way, they, from his feet to his head so they wouldn't see anything walk backwards with a sheet and put it over him until he came out of his drunkenness you gotta cover people until they come out of their sin you gotta talk to them about it but you don't expose it I'm just giving you Bible. This is what holiness does. Amen. Amen. But we've got a lot of ham going on. And this is not the way that the church is supposed to function. Caveat. The church also is not supposed to function in sin. Preachers are not supposed to function in sin. So when that stuff happens with the Hamites, it's, it's only because the, the preacher gave them something to work with. Preacher got to live holy. This preacher and every preacher. We got an obligation to live righteously. Amen. Because as we stand before the people, we can't preach the truth with a lie. We can't preach cleanliness with unclean hands. We can't preach sanctification with carnality. Amen. And you don't need a dictator. You need a humble servant. You don't need a preacher who's a dictator. You need somebody who's humbled themselves before God and humbled themselves before you. I don't appreciate this the more you grow in church. You don't need somebody beating you over the head and trying to control you and take your money and make you mindless servants. You need somebody who's going to teach you how to grow and be strong and walk righteously and walk upright and lead. Yeah, 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 you got to break free of those chains and get back to holiness. Back to holiness. Get me 1 Peter 4 and 4. Give me 1 Peter 4 and 4. Hallelujah. God help me. We've got to realize that we have an obligation, an obligation to make sure that the world sees us walking righteously so that they won't consider us as evildoers and doing the same thing they're doing. 
They're supposed to look at us and marvel at how we've come out of what we've come out of and how we're walking in the truth of God. Peter said, wherein they, the sinners, think it's strange that you're not running with them anymore to the excess of rioting and speaking evil of you. They, 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 who shall give account, you who shall give account to him that is ready to judge and ready to judge the quick and the dead. They think it's strange that we could literally come out of what we were in. They think that it's, that what we were in, it's impossible to break. And when they see us living free, when they see us free from the addiction of drugs, of sex, of people's control and opinion, that's an addiction too. People got control over you by their opinion. And when they see that you've broken free from the abuse of fear and that you're walking in strength and walking in righteousness and walking in holiness, oh no, why, why are you acting like this? You can do this and you'll be okay. No, I can't. Others may try, but I can't do it. Bishop O.T. Jones said, because I'm under a divine veto. When you're in holiness, you're under a divine veto. Others may do it, but you can't. Others may say it, but you won't. Others may try it, but you're totally free. I don't hear anybody. And we're not trying to go back, and we're not trying to make excuses, and we're not trying to find loopholes. We love what we live. We don't mind living for Jesus. We don't mind giving up our fleshly ways. We don't mind giving up the carnality. We don't mind living clean. To a, 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 I went to a service and after the service one year they, we went out to a restaurant and everybody at the table had wine and they said uh, Pastor Donnie you're not going to drink wine and they all come from the same reformation I came from and I looked at them and said what they said Pastor Donnie you're not going to drink wine why would I start now When the Bible tells me that wine is a mocker, strong drink is raging. He said that wine that goes down and bites like an adder and turns the eyes red. He said, don't even look at it. Oh, oh you're being too deep. No, I'm going to try to take you a little deeper. Well, I don't find anything wrong with it. And I said, now give me your Bible. I don't find anything wrong with it. Give me your Bible. From Genesis to the maps in the back. He never asked what you thought. Y'all not hearing what I'm saying? He ain't never asked nobody's opinion. I don't hear you. 
from Adam all the way to Revelation, he ain't never asked nobody's opinion about nothing. Amen. He didn't call Moses up into the mountain and say, now listen, I got ten commandments. What you think about five? Now look at all ten of them. What you think about number, number two? You want to take number two out? He ain't never asked nobody's opinion. Y'all making me go somewhere I didn't want to go. God ain't never been concerned about the mind of a finite man. He is the infinite God. And he does not come down to our desires. We come up to meet his. We don't, we, we don't have a prescription for God. God has already established himself. He is sovereign. Yes, he is. And he will not change for anybody. I got to stop. I got to close. I'll finish this next week. I'll finish this next week. It is time for us to raise our children in holiness. It is time, and I'm going to say this, and this is probably going to get some backlash, but it's time for us to make sure that our children are not slaves to the devices that, that we give them. It is imperative that we make sure that we instill holiness in the generations. Kind of dead over here. It is imperative that we, that we as Christian and as Christian homes make sure that what goes on in our Christian home is something that will impact the culture of our children. When the children leave our homes to go to school and spend seven hours in school, they are open to everything that this culture deems to be right. And it goes against most of the things that our Christian culture deems to be wrong. I don't hear anybody here. And now with all these things that are going on, uh, I don't want to be called he or she, call me them or let me tell you. We're getting back to holiness, baby. We're getting back to holiness. Whatever they do out there, I cannot, I have nothing to say. But in this house, let me explain to you what a little boy is and a little girl is. Let me tell you how God created us in his image and likeness. Male and female created he them. I don't hear anybody here. And I've got to make sure that a holiness is comprehended. That you don't let this world confuse you. I will not let society confuse my children. We will teach them the righteousness of God. Without bashing anybody else, without tearing down anybody else, I can teach my child what is right. Well, you're, you're, you know, you're just being archaic. You're just being archaic, and you're trying to make your child as legalistic as you. Let me tell you something. Just because society says something's right doesn't mean that society has the right to teach it to my child. <laughs> 
control what my child hears and knows. And I got to make sure that you don't pollute my child when my child doesn't have any barrier to deflect the wrong and they'll absorb it as though it's right. I got to bring my child up in holiness. Over here, over here. Amen. Amen. It is imperative that we make sure that our homes are the very example of holiness. Well, I want to listen to this and I want to listen to that. Let me hear this. Bring this here. This is why you can't listen to it. Not, not just an overall no, but if I do say no, it's no. But this is why. Let me show you. This doesn't agree with our, our lifestyle. This doesn't agree with God's word. This doesn't agree with how a woman is supposed to be spoken to. This doesn't agree with how you're supposed to act as a man. This doesn't agree with morals. This doesn't agree with truth. That's why you can't listen to that here. And for those of you that don't agree, oh well. I'm trying to give you some advice on how to make sure your house is a sanctuary. Well, I want to watch this, and I want to watch uh, uh, that person and that carrying on. No, 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 no. No, no, you're too young, and you're not going to watch that in my house. It's just a television show. It's a cartoon. Do you know what they do in the cartoons now that? Do you know? And the bottom line is we got to bring these children up in holiness. Some of the kids sitting there looking like, oh my God, what is he talking? Yeah, I'm talking. I'm about to make your home change. I'm about to change your home. sitting in bedrooms with your boyfriend and girlfriend and you're 14 years old. The devil is alive. You didn't, you didn't know Francis and Donna. Closing door. Open that door. You ain't, open that door. You don't own no doors in this house. Open that door. As Matthew went, who's in that room? Get out of that room. And while they're getting out, blah, 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 blah. Jose, don't look at me like that. It is our responsibility. I'm going to end here, and I will finish on a more powerful note next time. But it is our responsibility, saints, to teach and live holiness. Holiness. Holiness is what I long for. Holiness. <laughs>
end like this. Oh, man. Let me end like this. Holiness is not a punishment. Holiness is not God taking away your fun. Holiness preserves your life. Holiness preserves your life. Holiness teaches you spirituality, morality. It teaches you how to live in joy and not just happiness. Because sin can make you happy. There's pleasure in sin, but it's only for a season. But joy comes through Jesus. Happiness is based on what happens. But joy is springs eternal. Joy keeps you in the worst of times. When things change, joy remains the same. Hear me, my brothers and sisters, hear me. There's no more time for us to keep making excuses for bad living. Bad living has never been the plan of God for us. Now, all of us have done things wrongly after knowing Jesus, but there's something called conviction. It's called conviction, and when the conviction hits you, you're supposed to repent and give your heart to the Lord and let his love wash over you and give you a brand new opportunity to live this thing. Jesus died for us so that we could live, not so that we could squander our life doing things that shorten our life, not so that we can squander our life doing things that misrepresent him. He died and took our punishment so that we could live and live an abundant life on earth and then eternally when we see him in heaven. Only holiness affords us that. Only holiness. And I trust me, I, I will end with this testimony. I know what I'm preaching because I've done so much wrong. I've done so much wrong. I have absolutely disqualified myself myself on so many occasions and God had to sometimes whip me and bring me back in line he had to correct me and that's what a good father does I don't hear anybody that's what a good father does he had to and I'm glad he did, and I'm glad he didn't leave me out there to do my own thing. I'm glad that he didn't leave me out there without convicting my heart. I'm glad that he moved on me, even in my worst and most heinous and abominable sin. He moved on me and reminded me, that's not who you are. That's what you do, but that's not who you really are. How long will you do that? How long will you betray, betray, betray 
who you really are. And I had to get myself together. I had to come back to the throne of grace and ask God, have mercy on me. Have mercy on me according to your loving kindness, according to the multitude of your tender mercies. Blot out my transgressions. Forgive me of my sin. Create in me a clean heart, O oh God. Renew a right spirit within me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And I had to get to the point where I, whoosh, I, I had to get to the point where I understood that I can't justify this. I can't, I can't twist the scriptures to meet me at the point of my disobedience. I can't try to find these little nuances that will give me permission because there is none. They're lies and they're made up. So I had to go back to God and say, have mercy on me by your loving kindness. Multitude of your tender mercy take away all of my transgressions. Have mercy on me by your loving kindness. Multitude of your tender mercy take away all of my I got to stop here. Holiness becomes the house of God. I will be a lot more concise when I preach this again. But I had to get this out to you. That Christianity in the 21st century is lacking holiness. A lot of good positive motivational speaking but positive and motivational speaking doesn't bring you into good grace with God. There's a book called the Bible. There's a, there's a precious book. There's a precious book. Called the Bible. And I love the Word of God. It's a precious book. It will teach you, it will instruct you, it will give you understanding, it will cause you to evaluate your life through the lens of God, through the eyes of God. By the will of God, the Bible, the Bible, the Bible, the Bible is full of truth. The Bible is something that God painstakingly gave to us. The Bible is not wrong. Well, men wrote the Bible. No, the Holy Ghost breathed on men. And they wrote what God told them. Don't believe, don't believe what you hear. 
The Bible's been tampered with. Oh, no, no, no. That Bible is so accurate. It is so accurate. It is so accurate. That Bible, it shows you God's heart. And that's the very thing that the enemy doesn't want us to come near, is the Bible. And we misquote the Bible and we hear it preached in so many, so many erroneous ways. But when you get to the purity of the Bible, the truth of the Bible, it will instruct you on how to live and it will give you good success. Oh yes it will. Yes it will. And even if you find things in that Bible that contradict how you're living, let that Bible be true and let your life change. Let the Bible give you how you're supposed to live. And every contradictory way that you have, lay it at the feet of Jesus and walk the walk of faith. Now listen, for my fourth closing, we are the church and we're not supposed to live in sin. Every one of you hear me. We that are born again are not supposed to live in sin. We have to get back to holiness. Shall we remain in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. He that is dead in sin can live no longer therein. If you are really born again, you've got to evaluate yourself. Am I in sin? Am I perpetuating sin? Am I? Have I really given my life over to the Lord and let him be the Lord over everything? Man, this is the time for us to really be right. If ever in time in history, if ever a time in time for us to be right, it is now. It is now. Man, you better hear what I'm saying. Ain't no time to be clowning and acting with no secret sins and junk. It's time for us to get this thing right with God. To get it right with God. He's coming. He's coming soon. <laughs>